1: Back to Bardo Live on 104.9, The Horn. Oh, yeah, a new theme Thursday. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. We have audio from Texas football head coach Steve Sarkeesian talking about Texas spring football practice. We'll get into that coming up. Also, uh, there was a Longhorn, a future Longhorn in the uh, McDonald's All-American game. So we got to show some love there. We'll get into that because he was uh, actually playing uh, with Bronny James on the floor as well. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. NBA News Notes and Nuggets coming up next segment. The Mavs, uh, they are trying to keep hope alive. But right now on the outside looking in of that play-in We'll talk about the Tankathon thon between the Spurs and the Rockets right now, going well for both of them, and also NBA updates. But, of course, it is a holiday in the sports world. It is opening day for Major League Baseball. That's right. Goose trolls We'll get into the Astros. We'll talk about the Rangers, both of them in action tonight. Uh, so Astros versus the White Sox. Rangers uh, hosting the Phillies. We'll get into those matchups. We've got my man, Hardball to talk about it, so we'll talk about that as well. And we'll squeeze in, of course, some NFL news notes and nuggets coming up in the 5 o'clock. We're jam-packed. Before we do all that, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and trace his dream in the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for this man, ladies and gentlemen, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on, brother?
2: Man, I'm just living the dream. You're right. This is a very special day around baseball. People get really excited about it. And whatever your team is, whoever you decide you want to be with, with, you got a chance to, today. You are in it. Your team is all about that energy today. You, so you're saying there's a chance. Damn right. Until there's not. But I'm down <laughs> with it. I'm down with it. Let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babelson. I appreciate that intro,
1: as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. I'm sure he's feeling a lot better. I don't know. Yesterday, he was at 90%. I'm sure he's closer to 100%. But he's also the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're damn sure that he's underpaid. He is Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick?
0: Ah, man opening day that's right Ooh, we got the rangers starting up like right now yep yep, okay. yep. rangers starting up by the way okay if you if you want to listen to the rangers they are on 1260 a.m right here they're, they're just firing up right now but uh you can stay right here we bought online. We'll get you through the day too.
1: That's why he's a real MVP. Because we're supposed to give you uh, updates <laughs> on stuff like that. I never remember. Patrick always does. Uh, you can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Patrick is at it's Patrick Davis Harj at Hardball in Any Twitterverse, I'm at Rod Davis. Any Twitterverse, if you want to hit us up via the spec text line, that's the best way to do it. You're the heartbeat of this thing, so uh, you really hit a, hit us up. We really appreciate your participation. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. We'll get into uh, a number of di- uh, different topics, man. We got a smorgasbord here. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. There's a kind of a a sportsgasm uh, effect here because we're going to talk about everything. We'll get some football. We got some NBA to talk about. We got Major League Baseball opening day to get into. Uh, We Also, there are some NFL stories. There's a Baker Mayfield story out there. Baker Mayfield, Re- La- Lamar Jackson-related uh, story. It's a weird one. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, and uh, some NIL rankings, apparently. I love on 3 because on 3 uh, they've been pretty much ahead of the game when it comes to Uh, tracking the NIL uh, projections of different players individually, and they have their NIL rankings, and uh, there's some Longhorn love on there, but also, uh, there's some other love on there, too. Uh, We'll get into that, too. Brownie James getting some love, even though he hadn't even decided uh, where he's going to play. Mm -hmm. Alright, so we'll get into all of that and more, but let's start with uh, the 40 Acres here and close to home. There are a couple of topics. Texas Spring Football, we're going to get into, uh, because Sark met with the media, had a media availability after their eight uh spring football practice, I believe it is. And also we'll talk a little about uh, Ron Holland because we'll show him some love because uh, the Texas signee uh, had, a, had a really standout performance in the McDonald's All-American game, uh, which is a good sign. And uh, he also recently uh, reiterated his – the uh, excitement and no commitment doubt. to texas after rodney terry was announced uh, as the head coach so we'll get into that too coming up a little bit later on let's start by talking some texas football we haven't gotten into texas football uh lately because there's been so much other stuff going on especially on the 40 acres uh but i'm excited about some of these audio cuts from sark so uh we got a few of these and the first one i thought was uh was pretty good now it's a it's, a, it's about two players. Essentially, the question was asked about the progress of Quinn Ewers and the progress of Alfred Collins. Now, both of those guys are key uh, players on you know, different sides of the ball for Texas. Uh, here's what Sark had to say uh, regarding the progress of Quinn Ewers, uh, but also the progress of Alfred Collins so far this spring for the Longhorns
3: a couple of things from quinn i think quinn had a really good winter conditioning kind of off season um i think he got himself in really good shape um he definitely feels more comfortable um you can almost uh, a sense of you know he's throwing the ball very naturally very comfortably um you know i think from a decision making standpoint the reads are just happening that much quicker uh, that much more decisive. I think the management of our style of offense, right—the the shifts, the motions, the tempos, the the varying tempos—all those things of of handling that aspect of the game—I think you're seeing growth. I think it just looks like a guy who's in year two and is growing into year two of of, of the, from a comfort level, not perfect, and and I don't expect him to be perfect right now. I mean, we challenge him every day and. The defense is challenging the offense every day and we're putting new things in. There's some things we're looking at that that maybe we haven't decided are we going to put and have as – a part of our offense and so that can be challenging on a quarterback because there's some newness to to what we're doing but at the end of the day i just think his comfort level uh but also i think his his intent right i mean he he was very intentional this off season of getting himself in a, in a in a really good space physically and mentally um and i think it's showing um throughout the first eight practices i think alford um has taken another step Right. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about Alfred a year ago about it wasn't about the talent. It was about the consistency in the play and his style of play. And when Alfred plays that way, which he's doing right now, where he's consistent at the point of attack, he can use his length. He has great athleticism. He can close on the ball. Um, and, and he, when he plays really violent, like he's doing right now, he's a, he's a real problem. And uh, I think that we've seen that here the first half of spring from him. All right, the
1: first part of that, just unpacking it, Harge, uh, about Quinn Ewers. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I know you have some quarterback depth. We talked about that. But this offense right now is only going to be as explosive and as effective as Quinn Ewers is. Correct. Um, Because, I mean, I'm not saying the running game is not going to be good. I think the running game will be effective. But we saw based on the bowl game with the loss of Bijan and Rojo, that's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's going to be, exactly. You got a young offensive line, but they're an offensive line with a really high ceiling. So I think that. And they got a lot
2: of experience. They got a lot of experience. They do have a the entire offensive line.
1: That could end up being the strength of the team. Correct. If they end up being a dominant run blocking and pass blocking unit, we don't know that right now. Right now. We know that they have a lot of individual. Uh, they have a lot of individual talent with those guys, but we know offensive line. You got to work as a unit. No doubt. Um, so that's off the table. That's a different variable altogether. And if that, I think that is actually going to work out for Texas and be a strength this year. But that aside, the running backs are unproven commodities. I think they're going to be okay, but they're unproven commodities. Your proven commodities right now are in the passing game on offense.
2: Skill position.
1: JT Sanders, X Man, Jay Witt. Right. right. That yeah, you know, even A. D. Mitchell coming in. Right. Because right? he's played in some big games. He plays in big games. Yep. You gotta find a way to get the ball to those skill guys that's on Quinn Ewer. So really to me it's how and you can tap.
2: You can tap in with Keelan Robinson too, because he's been around for a while. That's
1: true. Yeah, yeah and, you can they tap play in with him, receiver, and yeah. also in the backfield. Yeah. And I think honestly, this year he might have been more effective as a receiver. Correct. When you look at him in terms of a guy rather than just hand him off the ball in a traditional exactly. running game. Uh, so yeah, it's all to me. It's this this off season is all about. Quinn yours and getting him more and more comfortable within that offense. And if the bowl game is any sign of his progress, I think Texas is going to be okay. Correct, because he showed a lot of growth in that bowl game.
2: Yeah. And Stark showed a lot of growth too, calling plays for for Quinn. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and who's to say that if if uh, X Man's hand wasn't broken, he could have had a couple big plays and things would have been a little bit different in that bowl game. There might have been some more big time plays down the field. That's all good, but to your point. You've talked about this a lot. You talked about what are you going to do to replace the running game with um, Bijan and Rojo. The work is now. The work You're never going to be able to get those two guys to, to be replicated. You're mm-hmm. going to be able to go out there and see what you can do to manage them. But your point is spot on. What you expect from this offense is going to be led by – Quinn, yours. As Quinn goes, this team is going to go. And there's a lot to still mature. The one thing that I didn't hear in that piece was the footwork fundamental. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear, I I heard the growth. I heard he's gotten better. His conditioning's better. But I didn't say, hey, I didn't hear the, hey, he's worked really hard on the fundamental aspect of his footwork. And that's going to be the big thing for me because we can all, we know he's got a golden arm. We know that. But the problems that he had was sometimes he got the fundamental part away from him. That's the one thing that I want to see and hear. I want to hear that, hey, he's worked on his fundamentals. He's got a better base when he's doing certain things. And last year's mistakes of of trusting his arm so much that he's made those corrections as well. We've heard about the growth. I've heard that. I've heard that, but I want to hear some specifics.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, inside Texas, Bobby Burton remarked uh one of his reviews about spring practice about the improved footwork of Quinn Ewers. Love it then. Love it, dude. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right about that. That's got to improve. It's almost the footwork's got to improve, so at the base, all right, it's, that's got to get better. And then his processing, right, The uh, his ability to look at a defense pre-snap, And be able to diagnose it pre-snap and post-snap and to be able to process it uh, quickly. And then yep. figure out exactly where he needs to go, uh, and that internal clock. So I think all that's gonna come, especially with a really young quarterback like Quinn. Um but yeah, that to me is really important because that's we saw that and you bring up the footwork. And I remember you talking about it early last year during our one hour watch yeah. game, our watch party's like, hey man, I don't like his footwork early on. And he was yep. actually when he was he was looked good, looked relatively totally good. Uh, but you as a quarterback saw that. And, you know, me as kind of a football theorist, what I recognized is in games where basically teams try to play mankind coverage against Texas, uh, they were able to line up and Texas was able to just straight up, I mean it, it, Bama is probably a, the best example of it early on before he gets hurt uh, the, Texas really was able to have their way with defenses yep. and and make some beautiful spot on throws but as we know, man coverage is the easiest coverage to read. Right. Now if you have good defenders If you it's got the, that
2: full cloud If you got
1: really good defenders then it's also the Toughest coverage um, in terms of quarterbacks to be able to, you know, deliver the football on the money. It makes those passing windows really, really small. And, and hopefully there's not a lot of separation out there. But Texas has really good receivers and Texas is able to create separation with man to man defense, even Alabama's man to man defense. Uh, so and that was just Nick Saban being smart. Nick Saban figures he always said the best defense Coverage is man coverage, so he tries to play as much man coverage as possible. Hell, and, you, and you can do that when you are Alabama and you are getting five star recruits all over the place. Yeah, and Texas. Wants that seems to, like
2: an easier part. Ohio State, yeah. LSU, yeah.
1: those yeah. are teams that play a lot of man coverage. Well, you got to have a lot of dogs to be able to play a lot. You got to have a lot of grown men to play a lot of man coverage. Uh, but when teams started playing zone against Texas, forcing a young Quinn U.S. to process all right, and diagnose what the defensive coverage was going to be and then try to confuse and discombobulate him, that's when the footwork also came back to haunt him. Yeah. Because the golden arm couldn't save him when he wasn't processing very quickly or processing correctly. And then the footwork did not help him uh, make his throws more accurate or to be able to throw guys open in an anticipatory fashion. Yep. So that's why those two things came back to haunt him, and those are the two things you got to work on the most. No doubt. The golden arm is there.
2: It's there. It's golden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's there. It ain't going nowhere. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It ain't going nowhere. But the fundamental part of it, to your point, is it's like, okay, what are you going to do to throw guys open, making sure you're in the right Mm -hmm. position, going back to the reads? I know that you have – and Sark spoke on that, saying that he's gotten a lot better with the reads right away, and that's good. That shows growth, Right. That shows that things are changing for him. And we expect a lot. There's going to be a lot put on his shoulders this year, and I think he's going to rise to the occasion. At least we're hoping that. Uh, Well, if 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 he does, oh, yeah, then I think gonna we'll be have quick. a
1: different discussion, which we're not going to have right now. Right, this is the beautiful uh, part of it, man. It's exactly. preseason. Let's it's his, enjoy uh, it. Yeah, hope. Right? Yeah. It's all about hope and faith at this Yeah, the there sports. we go. But uh, they, he was asked about something interesting. He was asked about the deep ball. And that uh, was a great question toward mm-hmm. the end of the press conference where they asked Sark about, hey, um, are you going to still, you know, push the deep ball and be such a staunch uh, advocate of the deep ball within the offense? Here's what Sark had to say about those uh, deep passes and the chemistry they've been working on during the offseason to uh, make sure they're more effective with the deep ball.
3: Without question. Um, you know, our offense doesn't quite work the the way it's supposed to work if we, if we don't hit some of those plays, you know, and I, it's, you know, I don't expect us to be hundred percent, you know, anytime you throw a ball beyond 15, 20 yards, the percentage is naturally going to drop. Um, but we try to create those opportunities down the field um, and then finding that rapport of, of, of the deep ball, whether it's supposed to go deep crossers, whatever they are, um, and And how it complements themselves with the run game um and then the intermediate passing game is all critical to our success as an offense and then ultimately as a team uh so that aspect of the game as as I've been touching on before spring ball is a huge point of emphasis of ours uh and i and I think that we're starting to see the benefits of it as we're getting into some of these live settings and and the way we're throwing the ball and and the way we're catching the ball down the field,
1: yeah. He he mentioned almost every element of the passing game except the quick game. Quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. He didn't. He talked about the intermediate game and, of course, half the deep ball, which I agree with all of that. And for Sark, what you have to understand, It's he wants to do psychological damage to the defense. I understand exactly what he's doing. I get it. He he wants to plant the seed of fear in the defense with the deep ball, and that's what it does. You throw a deep ball early in the game, you throw enough of them, DBs will back up a step or two. Um, safeties over the top. They will make sure that nobody, no receiver, is even close to being behind them, and it opens up so many different passing windows. What big, giant passing windows. That's what he wants. He wants the basic defense to play
2: scared. Right, play and on the, their heels.
1: And the defense no. and, and the deep ball forces you to play scared a little bit. It right. does. I mean, some I, I fear the deep ball. I mean, right. that's the only thing that will get you dog cussed by your coach on the sideline, everybody says DBs get beat. You get the D, you get beat by the D-ball, and not only your coach is going to dog cuss you, but the D-line is going yeah, yeah, yeah. to dog cuss you. His teammates yeah. going to dog cuss you. You just gave up a freebie. And I think Sark wants to take advantage of that psychologically and do that damage. But also I think oftentimes when it's ineffective, it does damage self-harm. Oh yeah, it does damage to his own team. Yeah, exactly. I think it throws off a young quarterback when he can't get into a rhythm because you're throwing too many deep balls and they're not connecting. That's if you're not if you're not connecting. Now if you're connected, oh he's a it's party. It's a party. Texas it OU. Yeah, when you're connected, everybody's yeah. just like, oh man, it's a, yeah exactly right. Yeah. Everybody's having a good time. Let's keep chunking those deep balls. But I think you should. I think he should early on work the quick game with, and that's it's what he did versus Washington. Yep. I mean, that was just that was more of the quick game, and then you let the deep ball come to you over time. But we'll see. I mean, I know Stark loves it. He's a, he's a big game hunter, and he's obsessed with the deep ball. He's jonesing for it, like Pookie
0: <laughs> from
1: New Jack City. Yep. I got to yep. have that deep ball. Got's but to hand I think it. oftentimes it ends up doing more harm than good. It's like three point shot. Mm-hmm. You live or die by it. And when the three point shot's not going, isn't it cringeworthy to watch your team kind of shoot themselves out of a game?
2: Come on, man. That's, That's so. what Texas
1: did at times with D-ball.
2: It's too, they too threw
1: so. themselves out of the game. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, that was an opportunity. That was third down. That was first down. Now you're behind the chains.
2: Yeah, especially when you're like a third and three and you're throwing the ball 70 yards down the field and the dude who's not even there or falls down on the route and you're like, what are we doing? get a first down and let's get to the next play. We can we can do this again. Let's at least get the chains to move, especially with a Bijan. Exactly. When you got field. some when you give the numbers every week, both of them make people miss, him and Rojo. Yeah. So, you know,
1: it's uh yeah, so I I do think the passing game honestly this year is going to have to be it I don't know if the – Sark loves to run the ball, so they're going to run the football. There's no question about it. Thousand-yard rusher, right? Yes, no doubt. Yep. As, but if you're looking at what's going to be the identity of the team, last year the identity was, hey, put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo uh, as much as you can. Sark yep. figured that out. Maybe a little too late, but he figured it out. Uh, this year, I do think the passing game's got to be your identity. Yeah. That's where all your strengths are. That's where all your weapons are. You're well, proving commodities.
2: Well, you talked about the uh, the locker room and, and the wide receiver room and how much depth they've got. And the coach uh, the new coach that came in, Chris Jackson, that's going to be a major part, too, of the success, too. So you, you're talking about the strength, and now you're going to get taught by an NFL-caliber coach that's going to teach you how to get open and teach you how to run routes and make you more prolific at that position. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good thing right there. Yeah, that's why, it's, like I said, it's big offseason for Quinn.
1: Uh, I'm expecting a huge leap uh, from Quinn because the offensive line mm-hmm. has, looks solidified and your receiving core is one of the better receiving cores, and if Jay Wood stays healthy, mm. um, I think they could end up being you know a prolific bunch, yep. potentially. But that's all on the Quinn Ewers development. Um, speaking of development, I want to get into uh, the McDonald's All-American game a little bit. Yep. Um, the West uh, team lost, I believe it was, I think it was 109-106. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Texas signee Ron Holland Looked good. was a McDonald's All-American he mm-hmm. played. He had an impressive stat line. Yeah, he did. Guys, 11 points, six rebounds, team high, three blocks, two assists, two steals. His defense was probably more highlight-worthy than his offense. Mm-hmm. He had some nice blocks, some like uh, one of them chase down blocks from behind, kind of Braun-esque when you chase it down from behind. But also, I mean, he's just a guy that... It really is a it looks like he's a he's an athletic defender overall. Yeah, he's long and rangy. Uh, he does fit. Uh, it looks like right now he fits Texas basketball. Kind of fits the identity of a Texas basketball player when you watch him
2: out there. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that uh, people get real excited when you watch <laughs> him get up and down the floor. His explosiveness at the rim. There was a I watched a lot of the workouts during that leading up oh, to the game. You? I got a chance to nice. watch a lot of those and. Uh, he he has some explosiveness around the rim that you're not used to seeing for a young kid like that. And he seems to have a lot of composure, too. Mm-hmm. And I heard the story about him maturing and watching him grow up and making sure that each step of the way and each year – and Coach Terry said, he's a winner. He's a winner. That's all he does is win. So every every level he's been at, he won games. And that is what is a huge part of coming into this culture and what Coach Terry's trying to build. He seems to be the right fit for him wanting to be in that type of culture.
1: Yeah, only two guys in the recruiting class, correct? Yep. It's him and A.J. Johnson. A.J. Johnson. And I believe it is. Yep. So transfer portal, one, like it is with every team, is going to be huge. Give it to uh, Take Texas. it away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bronny also was a part of that McDonald's All-American game, too. Just yep. shout out. Um, 15 points. You look good. Five he, of eight. He was hitting, the, three point yeah, range. hitting them three threes, uh,
2: made it look easy.
1: Some people don't think Bronny deserves the uh, McDonald's All-American status. Some people were very critical. of. I know Zay's been Kind of critical of uh, Bronny getting that status. Yeah. But, hey, all right. Look, I, I know it's more. I know it's our PR campaign for sure behind it. But as long as he proves himself at every level,
2: every time he plays, he's been successful. So that and he's playing against people that everyone sees as better than him, and he went out there and shot the lights out, and he played defense. And that's the other part of it too. If you can play defense, it makes a huge difference on the way people view you. And and he has played defense every every single time I've seen him play.
0: Patrick, do you watch? Have you watched Bronny? You know, you watch a lot of. Random I watch some highlights, basketball. but I haven't watched a, you haven't like, a actually game. Watched no, it. yeah, so okay. there's highlights. And, and I mean, I agree. It's he's he's not as bad as people, but he's basically been improving a lot because Thank you. one of the things that he has the benefit of is that his dad is possibly the most obsessed with working to get better mm-hmm. and working to keep his body right. That's fair. So he comes from a family that has access to an insane amount of things to get better athletically, be healthier, and to improve your game. And he's around and he a is, lot of good people to get mentally. But he is, and he's taking advantage of that. Yep. So he's progressing at a level more than any of these other guys because other guys are working in high school gyms, and even if they're good high schools, they're still they're still not at the level of college. And Bronny is basically working at an NBA level of talent development, mm-hmm. and a lot of these guys are working at high school level development. So he's just progressing a lot faster now. I don't know if his ceiling is as high as some of these mm, other guys. That's
1: what I was gonna ask you, but yeah. his
0: development is he's he's pacing ahead of everyone else development. So basically, wise. it's like the, the question is when does he hit that ceiling? Because you're right. It, well, he's yeah, he's accelerated development. But but that's always the point. Is you know that's if you can answer that question, you'd be the highest paid NBA draft expert or the <laughs> GM somewhere else. Because yep. that's everyone's <laughs> question is that's, hey man, can right. we get to the ceiling? We know what the ceiling could be, but what was the ceiling actually? Second floor. Yep. We we thought he was in a high rise, but he had a second floor ceiling <laughs> yeah, a duplex. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like you know, that's that's a lot of these guys that get drafted in the NBA. that go, man, well his potential's here. Can he reach it? And Bronny's already shown. Well, I've already gotten this far. We you just don't know if there's an, an innate ability to have those pieces. Like Arturo Morris, a perfect example of a guy who has an innate feel for a game, right? Yeah. And when you watch him play, you're just like, I don't get how he saw that so quick, and how he jumps on passes and things like that. That's a question if Bronny has that as well then he can step into that next level of being a player.
1: Yeah, some people say they like his feel for the game. I mean, apparently Skip Bayless is a huge Bronny fan well, now. Well, that's
0: not a good thing for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was going to
1: say, poor kid. Oh, no, no. You, if actually, you'd have gave me somebody
2: else, I might have been okay with it. He actually, it. no, no, he
1: did. He tweeted this out, I believe, that Bronny is more clutch than LeBron.
2: <laughs> well, you know that's going to be a jab. You know that's going to be a jab I for sure. You
1: got to go look it up. It was, I but was like, oh,
2: that's a good one. It, go. But But again, to your <laughs> point, he's actually right. Bronny's feel for the game is because he's been around he did, so he did say he
1: liked his feel for the game. Because right? he he can yeah. see it, that and there's the a lot of things. Right He's
2: not trying to force certain things. He's like things. a veteran already. Right. He's <laughs> moved around. Like There was a shot that he made that guys were dribbling the ball, and he kept moving towards the ball yeah. to the area where it's like, all right, make sure you see me because I'm about to knock this down. He could have went out there and peed down his leg, but he didn't. He performed at a level to where it's like, okay, and these are the elites of the elites. Let's but, not forget that. That's a great point. This is an
1: interesting conversation. All right, I, obviously, no, that's fine. I get, fine. Let's I get roll. too deep into stuff. So, no, let's you know, roll. In this country right now, there's a conversation about nepo babies mm-hmm. in every in every industry, right? The right. nepo baby coming in Hollywood, by the way, I think it's is where it's where it. It all started because yeah, Hollywood full is full of nepo babies. But then the Kim Kardashian nepo baby, awesome all right, right, right yeah. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Serena <laughs> Williams, size Cardi B size. But is if they prove to be worthy are they proved to actually have an elite skill set or to have a marketable skill set whatever it may be and they can monetize it well i mean yeah they got an opportunity but they cashed in on the opportunity thank you they now the i want the nepo the nepotism all right being a nepo baby may have gotten them an opportunity A quicker, you know, then it would have gotten you an opportunity or, you know, somebody who was just an average Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo, whatever it is. But when when you cash in on an opportunity and you actually prove that you are worthy of it and that you can either play at the elite level or perform at that elite level. Thank you. I, you know, the Nepo baby thing. Okay, I, I want my kid to be a Nepo baby. I am hoping. I ain't got nothing for him right now or right. her. I'm sorry, kid, right. future right. kid. Like Rod V is not successful enough for I'm you to be a Nepo w- baby. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard for <laughs> See, it. I'm working, I'm working hard. hard for I probably it won't be able to give you much of a leg up, but we're having to I think in politics too. We've had these conversations in politics about, you know, these uh career politicians and what th- what you realize about these these households. These young people who grow up in these households, whether they be entertainers or whether they be politicians or athletes, they're old souls. Yep. Like Shano grew up; all he, all they know is football. Like when Shano was at the dinner table with pops, and they, and they went on family vacations, they
2: was watching film. They
1: was talking football and watching film. Exactly. They were. That's that's all they knew. Exactly. So to to, to Patrick's point about the accelerated development, it's like, well, he was around; he was exposed to four times as much football as I was. Thank you. So his, his football intelligence and football IQ, way more advanced than me. He's basically a prodigy when it comes to that. And I do think he's proving himself at the NFL level, but some people would disagree with that. But I know he's a Nepo baby too, but I think he's a Nepo. Sean McVay's a Nepo baby. Yeah, they, they, they all are. But, but I think that you get to your point yeah. You the Nepo, the nepotism gets you the opportunity, but you got to prove yourself. Exactly. Now, the ones that are frustrated, the ones who haven't really proven themselves, and they still he get all the, the privilege and all the opportunity, yeah. that's a little frustrating because no, you, I mean, you, 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 you know that's kind of you
0: You can get annoyed at the fact I mean, you can't really get it, but you can say there's a fact of, yes, if somebody doesn't have to work a job when they're in college or work a job when they're in high school because their family is well off enough that they are actually able to to get an internship working for a football team. So they're just years ahead of anywhere else could be because you're like, oh, no, I didn't have to take the normal path. You get mad at that, but you get mad at a lot of things in life. You want to get mad at them. Mm -hmm. The reality is it's not fair no matter how well you break it. I'm sure that there's those guys will sit there and go, "Well, yeah, it's not fair because I get yelled at even if I do a good job that it, well, I didn't earn it." Everyone's gonna be—you just have to do the best you can do with your ability. And if we go back to what Bronny is, Bronny right now is doing the best of what he can do, given what he's been given.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, even as a nepo baby, and they're they're in outside sports. The 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 coaching aside, because coaching is full of nepotism and nepo babies, yep. but actually on the field, you do have to still
2: earn it to a certain extent. Nobody really yeah. I mean... No, you get the one they, you're getting challenged the most too. Yeah, They're coming at yeah. you because of that yeah. and that's the same thing with Bronny James. Bronny James is a guy that everybody wants to bust his head every time they see him. Yep. They don't do it. Mm-hmm. That's the other part and that, that's already getting people out of their game too because they're trying so hard to show that they are better than Bronny that they're out there taking more shots than they're supposed to, trying to do too much, looking sloppy sometimes because they want to go against him. And it's like, bro, just play your game. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about what, what the next man is doing. Worry about you. What does Coach Terry say? Stand where your feet are. Stand where your feet are. Yeah. Make the t-shirts. Make the t-shirts. Get them ready.
1: Um, someone says coaching and radio is full of nepotism also. I don't know about radio. As long I, as they perform. That's what they say. I, as long as they perform. I've been Red in radio Broadcasting a long time. is Broadcasting, broadcasting is, a, is a general.
0: Yes. Like... Not uh, just re- yeah, talk like radio. look at how many play-by-play announcers kids are for so play-by-play announcers exactly. Okay. Well, that's, and that's, that's, that's yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. That's so it. like okay. there, there's a lot of that yeah. into it. where it's just like oh no, you it's a job where you have to know somebody to get in. Okay. Right. And broadcasting, so, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Broadcasting the is as a whole there is radio.
1: I don't know. I mean, Mike kid kids
0: got a radio gig.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And it
0: wasn't because he was he worked his way through broadcasting. He was a okay college football player who watched out of the NFL and was immediately given an ESPN job.
2: Right.
0: So like that that exists. But it's it's not it's not the norm, but there's plenty of it in broadcast.
1: There's plenty of it. There's everywhere. plenty of
0: it. Yeah, in pretty there's much every job you're everywhere. gonna get. Yeah. they're just not as famous, so you don't notice it.
1: Yeah, it's just it, it happens all over the damn place. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, by the way, I'm not I'm not a- anti by the way at all. Like I said, trust me. I'm trying to get to the point where my future kid, who you be, telling, will get will be beneficiaries of plenty of nepotism. Who <laughs> that, you telling? That's the goal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's the golden
1: rule <laughs> the who, goal. He who has the gold exactly. make the rule <laughs> that is the goal isn't it <laughs> alright we'll come back we got uh, some NBA new stuff to nuggets on the other side right here on hoard. another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, you might need to silence the suspect sex line just for a little while. It is a new theme Thursday, and we don't know what the theme is. And they might they might spoil it for you and guess it, but it's up to you. New theme Thursday, my man Patrick plays songs. Um, and based on the song selection that he plays, we're supposed to gather clues and hints to bring us to the new theme of New Theme Thursday. All right, Arch. It's kind of an old school
2: no clue yet. 70s feel? I mean, it is opening day, but I don't know if that has anything to do with it because of this song. I can't even see the song. It's an old Sam and Dave song? Okay. You might have heard it. Opening
1: day is a pretty good guess. Is that it? It is opening day.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. It is uh, this is Knock It Out of the Park. By uh, Sam there, and Dave. there you go. All right, I like knocking it out of the park. today yeah, it out of the park. Is he talking about baseball? I, I mean, he's talking be. about using. It's all references to baseball about uh, how to treat women. I was say, you, you got knocking it out of the park. I like that. No, the, he's talking about baseball. There's there's a ninety baseball references in this song. That is creative. Like you got you got a kid to get on base. It ain't about hitting a single. You got to score. Yeah. You got to like all these little. I mean things. the the
1: the greatest
0: initial reference to sex
1: and the double entendre sex and. Yeah. If baseball was to get on first base, second base, yeah. third base. It was a perfect yeah. description. Yep. And now you hit a home run. And do we ever remember what first base was?
2: Holding hands.
1: First base is holding hands? Yeah, man. What, what decade are you from?
2: <laughs> I'm <I> done. <laughs> hey, and Are you courting
1: women? Don't as forget. As well? don't, yes, you gotta, I'm definitely you courting. Daughter. Oh, you got a daughter. That's yeah. right. He's got a daughter. Come okay. On, man. All right. I,
0: first, base is, first base is not looking at each other from across the room in our design. okay. We're holding daughter. hands from the ring. <laughs>
2: Just so you know, we go together.
1: That explains why Hart says holding hands was first base. Well, that was your first base, and that should be most people's first base. It wasn't my. uh, Was that your first base? No.
2: (laughs) Y'all see that's y'all's problem right there. Y'all over there trying to hit inside Uh, the parkers. No. (laughs) Hey, that's great.
0: (laughs) You're right. Most dudes are trying to hit an inside the park home run. Well said, sir. Well said, right.
1: And we, most
2: of us fail miserably. <laughs> exactly. That. And you're like, calling hey. them. they were like, that's a little
0: league home run. You get that's tagged out exactly. trying to get the. What's hard? I
1: always say, get them singles, hey, baby. Yeah, just work go your, around your way, way, way around. and hit the ball out. Go small ball. Exactly. Well, I only want to go small ball, but you get my point. I you know heard? your point. Manufacture some runs. Go <laughs> exactly. small ball. Go hard. Don't ball. be trying. To,
2: that's right. Go hard <laughs> ball. <laughs> I'm be going over there with no blue chew.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Real quick. Uh, let's to talk some NBA just really quickly while we got some time here. So, the Spurs, congratulations, Patrick. Y'all look like y'all trying to
0: wrap it up. No, they have basically secured a bottom three record. Yeah. So. Hey, that's that makes it – you know how annoying this season would have been if we were the fourth worst team in the league? Yeah. The sh- because I mean, you're like, like right. we're going to be have to a bad season. We're going to have to have one. <laughs> but if you're the fourth, then you're like – Everything we did to tank this season yeah. was or nothing. <laughs> that is, that was a good point. Now, now I just get to sweat it out until the draft lottery. Houston, yep. Detroit, and
1: the Spurs all have the same odds now. Yes. to get the number one overall pick. So there you go,
0: the I tankathon, like baby. And, and let's be clear: everyone who's in the lottery technically has a chance to get the number one overall pick. Odds would tell you it will go to one of those three teams, but it could easily be the fourth, fifth, sixth team it's true. that just you know, it's a lottery. Slaughter. It yeah. could it could head wherever it is.
1: Yeah, because I think the uh Hornets... You just
0: want to get a chance to be in it. So well you want you hey chance. man, you want the most tickets is what, you want the most raffle tickets. No doubt. But that's the Spurs. When they got Tim Duncan, it wasn't weighted like this. They the Celtics had the worst record. Everybody thought the Celtics were going to be getting him, and then San Antonio jumped the Celtics yep. to to get Tim Duncan. So it, it has happened. The Spurs have been a beneficiary of it in the past. So hopefully uh they will not this will not happen again. Spurs go ahead, get that Wembanyama and we're we're just we, we, smooth sailing.
1: We need H-Town to get him, but there's a chance there's a really good chance he's in Texas. There's a very good chance. There's a
0: really high chance. Hey, and if Dallas Texas. keeps losing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: no, a great no. point, though. No. Uh, speaking of, might as well just jump on jump over there. Jump right into that. Uh, yeah, the Mavs lost to the 76ers, 116 to 118. Now, I believe it's a fourth loss in five games for them. OKC won last night. They have a tiebreaker advantage also over Dallas with a one-game lead now for the last spot in the play-in. So, I, what, I, what? If four? we got four four games or five games left? Man, I somewhere want, around there. I want the Mavs in. I really want them to get I in. I told you
2: this was a disaster, Rob. Yes, you did. Yes, you I did. I told you this is not yes, going did. to work because there are so many other deficiencies on that team. And then the fact that our man, uh, Luca is not having fun. I don't smile anymore. I don't have a smile <laughs> on my face when I'm playing. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm just not enjoying it. Things away from here are not good.
1: He also mentioned that could be it's also off the court yep, stuff yep, too. Yep. But yes, of course, because y'all losing. That's a big part. That's of it. a big that's part a big of it.
2: Part. That's why you're not smiling. And then you're <laughs> over there complaining about every single call and not getting back on defense. That's that's kind of a you problem, Luca. Is Luca dating anybody? He might need
1: to. No, well, he if he ain't, if he ain't. Does he have a serious, he's, significant other? He,
2: don't, he doesn't – well, I haven't seen him on TMZ. I don't, Let's think, he, say I don't that. think he does. Yeah. I was
1: like, if he does, I, I, I imagine your significant other hearing that you're really unhappy and there's a lot of stuff involved in it and also gross stuff, it probably hurts them too. Like, oh, man, he's, he's unhappy? you right. You know you was unhappy like yeah. that. I thought yeah. he was just playing bad. your yeah. team
2: just sucked. That's what it is. That's why he's unhappy.
1: <laughs> uh, but, no, it, it's a big part of it. But the Mavs, how about this stat? It's, and it's what this They've been in, in almost – Every game, though, with Kyrie yeah. on the squad, and by the way, Kyrie not the reason that the Mavs are having issues. As Hard as you mentioned, it's right. it's Jason Kidd more, and then it's more the roster construction, anything else. They played in fifty clutch time games. They're twenty five and twenty five. Yeah, in clutch time games, getting the score within five points in the last five minutes. But I mean, they just can't find a way to win in clutch time. They ended that game. Against uh that the end of that game, with seventy sixers, two of nine from the field right luca was Luca was the only math to score in the final six minutes. Luca and Kyrie combined for just five shots in the final eight minutes
2: yeah that's what? That's, that's, that's that's again insane. it goes back to what we talk about who was the guy? Who is your go to? They don't know. Who is going to be well, the one who's
0: gonna take over? Jason Kidd, right? Yeah, that who's goes leading this team? Yep. Who's who's drawing up plays? Who's trying to put anything together or who gave up on this team already and should have been fired weeks ago if you wanted to make the playoffs? Jason Kidd. Yep. Like I, I get I get fully that you said, Hey, to build this Jason team Jason Lovey Smith Kidd. <laughs> if you if you want to build this team, he's like, Look, this is the way I want to build a team, this is the way I coach, this is the winner. And you you completely went the opposite way. The 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 Mavs between Jason Kidd and management went a complete opposite direction of how to build this team and how to improve it. But at a certain point, you have to want to win games, and I feel like that culture in Dallas now is so insanely bad because the culture now is no one's having fun. Like that game last night, they're down, I think, four or five points, and Luca goes to drive to the basket with one of the laziest drives you've ever seen. Doesn't really jump for it. Doesn't go for the dunk. Just kind of lays it up lazily. And Joel Embiid makes a great block. Yep. But you're like, this is—he's not even running to the basket. He's just slowly rolling over the basket, using his body to block off a defender, but letting Joel Embiid have ten minutes to walk over slowly and block this shot. And you can't go. Well, no, that's you know the rest of the team's not stepping up to. Like, no, the the star player of this team is unhappy. Because he's not winning because he can't play the style exactly. of basketball he wants to play. And Jason Kidd, instead of coaching this team and getting them, has basically given up because he thinks he doesn't have any power over they want to keep Luka. And I don't get why you haven't just moved on from that and said, hey, we got to figure out something because we're, we're rolling downhill really really too fast mm-hmm. right now like we, this is
1: yeah you just want to make the playoffs at this point and right now you're you're on a downward spiral yeah. they they were in a great position to at least
0: make the playoffs oh no no they were in a like, great position like two, to two, be a 4 or 5 seed yeah and now they're 11 it's getting worse like they're nope. they are out and, of the play in right now and the whole thing was
1: oh just give them some more time they they just you know they they just acquired Kyrie give them more time they'll figure it out but i'm with you Patrick. i think your criticism of jason Kidd is well founded i think his I don't know if he's checked out, quiet quitting. I don't know what the hell it He is, is
2: definitely quiet quitting. But
1: we keep playing these audio clips of him, yes. and I was, we can't tell if he's being sarcastic or if he's, you know, trying to play it as a straight man, but he's making some comments. He called his team dog-ish the other day.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like did, immediately. It's, like, yeah. yeah, like
1: they immediately. Won, by the way, they did play like that. But still, yeah. you shouldn't be calling them that.
0: No, but yeah. – and, and it's I, – I mean, it, this is the other deal is once you had Jason Kidd and he told you, I can't coach a guy like Luka Doncic because we have to have stretch threes because Luka Doncic wants to drive and pass the ball. That's what he wants to do, right? Yep. And what what Jason Kidd would like to have is a post-up center, play inside-out basketball. He'd like to play old-school basketball and he doesn't he need doesn't want to have a guy in the he wants to have a guy in the paint to play defense. Yep. That doesn't work with Luka Doncic. So at what point in this Mavs organization of of structure and talking with Jason Kidd at the beginning of the year, did they just come across and what like I get when they signed Christian Wood and they took the waiver on Christian Wood, I think that's when Jason Kidd was kind of halfway out because that was definitely not his guy. He wanted a guy to come in and play defense, not another stretch th- 4. Yep. And it just seems like it's just been going downhill ever since, and it it'll never, never ceases to amaze me that you have a guy, you, you actually ha- you're lucky enough to have one of the billionaire owners who has no problem spending money, and you still can't figure out a way to hire basketball people to make this actually work.
1: Uh yeah no I I, I hope that I, I hope the Mavs make the postseason it'd be great for NBA fans I don't think they're gonna make a run but it'd be great to have those two stars in there no, right now look, who doesn't unlikely. want to see
0: a playing game with Kyrie Irving and Luka
1: Doncic I think exactly is that, is that, I think everybody's excited about that we were excited about it right anyway, not right. anymore uh real quick before we go to break uh, Sacramento Kings did make history uh, they made the playoffs for the first time in in uh, sixteen seasons one of
2: my favorite teams to watch since oh five oh six
1: hey you been watching the Kings I,
2: I do watch the Kings
1: uh well man that's that's great because not a lot of teams have been watching the Kings. They they were a 14-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Blazers last night. Uh, by, by the way, the last time they were a 14-and-a-half-point road favorite was January 7, 2005. Right. Chris Webber, Pejas, Stoyakovich, and Mike Bibby on that squad.
2: Hey, By the way, Stoyakovich's son was playing in that um – that All-American game as well. Nepo, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Nepo. Nobody wants to bring that
1: up. Uh, Keegan Murray, you've been watching all the Kings, Keegan Murray's been lighting it up. Oh, yeah. He's got the record now for the most three-pointers made for a rookie.
2: And De'Aaron Fox is one of the most electric players Mm -hmm. in the game right now.
1: And DeMonta Sabonis is basically leading the NBA in everything in, in dribble handoffs. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like he's basically got over a thousand dribble handoffs, and the next player has less than five hundred.
2: It's because of the it's way a, they run their offense. Yeah, the way they run their offense. Nobody nope.
1: has more dribble handoffs than the Kings. Anyway, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into flex on the other side, right here on Baltimore no one one four nine nine. Tessie is the royal
3: root. Is Riley.
1: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday and the theme of the day, of course, Opening day. Uh, opening day for Major League Baseball. So a lot of uh, conversation and celebration about opening day for Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, next segment, we'll start talking about opening day. We'll give you an update on the Astros. Go Uh, But also, that's later on, but the Rangers uh, hosting the Phillies. We'll give you an update on that coming up next segment. But go to flxatx.com, flxatx, and all of your social media platforms. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Flex crew. Actually, uh, had their show. It was a great show. And actually, kid folk.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: He had kid folks. Nico Hamilton on there, man.
2: That's right. Nico was there talking about his time and what's going on at Lake Travis and how his recruitment is going and what he expects from the team next year. So it was good to see him get a good. Uh, opportunity for you to get a chance to talk to him see him up close and i personal. met him
1: and he's bigger than i thought yeah. i'll admit that got yeah. to
2: meet his dad my kinfolk tony mm-hmm. and uh they had a good time zach zach called me afterwards and he's like dude i didn't know that everybody in your family got jokes and i'm like that's how we roll <laughs> dog. we all have fun that's uh, what it's all about
1: once they get to know you they yeah
2: got jokes. exactly we got jokes. uh another <laughs>
1: update uh, about the flex fam uh jacob henry he is the son of one uh, Mark Henry, mm-hmm. WWE legend. Um, he basically he's announced that he is relocated. Yes, he put out a tweet about an hour ago saying, "My family has relocated to Leander, and I am now attending Vandergrift High School. I'm very excited to join the brotherhood and the wonderful community Vandergrift has. I look forward to growing as an athlete and as a man." Mm-hmm. I had a viper emoji and a. Hardy Moji there, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's – wow.
2: That's a big move. That's
1: a big move, yeah, that's man. that's a big, Former Lake Travis uh, Cavalier, now a Vandegrift Viper.
2: Yep. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, that was one of the things that everybody was uh, talking about the other day, and I didn't bring it up or want to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. You know, yeah, you and yeah, I, I were talking. about discussed but, it a but until they, they made the announcement, it was something that – I wanted them to be able to talk Mm -hmm. about themselves because there's a lot that goes into these kinds of things. Obviously moving is, is emotional as well. And when you move to a different spot, you got to, Get in, get to know everybody and start your career all over again, so to speak. But for him, being a person that everybody obviously knows because of what he's done, he's been on the all flex team, high school area, does a great job wrestling, powerlifting. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. I saw a story about him just today uh, about him in the choir and being an accomplished singer. How did he know he was in the choir? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. So he does a little bit of everything. He's a well rounded young man. Hmm. And uh now for him to go over to Van Grift, finish out his year, that's uh nothing but blessings for them and, and best of luck. Yeah, no doubt. Uh so Flex Now fan. Nico gotta try to run away from him. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the, the, tree, now the, the
1: tables have turned. Uh, there you go. So shout out to my man, uh, Jacob Henry. Congratulations to him as well. And gradu- congratulations to Vandegrift, too. Yep, getting a no hell doubt. of a player. Uh, go to FLXATX.com, FLXATX, and all your social media platforms. We'll come back. We're talking uh, Major League Baseball opening day. We'll talk about the Strolls. Go Strolls! And also talk about the Rangers. Give me an update on Rangers Phillies right here on Ball Don't Lie. wonderful night the Horn.